Welcome, Jurassic fans, to the 184th episode of your Rather Nerd podcast. I'm Daniel, your host, and now the next annoying child in Jurassic Park, Matthew Millen. Wait a second, I won't be an, an annoying child, I'll be an annoying old man. Yeah, that's right, I'll be one of those elderly people that everyone hates. Oh. Huh. More respect next time. Anyhow, hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and people who don't fit in that classification that are listening to us. Daniel, good boy, good (laughs) sir. How are you today, Larry, our tea-drinking marvelous person? How are you all today? I'm a cappuccino drinker. You better respect me. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Ooh. Cappuccino. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Sure. What a blame. Yeah, respect the hateable elderly man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, respect the main creature as well. She is there. Her main is under she control is today for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, Jurassic fans, it's great to have you guys here. Oh, by the way, uh, Matt, Larry, I have not uh, told you this because apparently I'm pretty bad at communication. So, oh, shame on you. We are. How dare you try (laughs) to take my role as the bad communicator? (laughs) I'm working on that. So, we have reached 3,600 plays as a whole. So, wow. Whoa. Yeah. So, nice. Thank uh, you, everybody. You guys are amazing. Yeah. And again, like, uh, and we don't have any new places, which means that it's people who actually came for more, which is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> it means we're doing something good. Yeah, apparently. Or are they like something bad? Shut up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's always that. <laughs> I believe it is the probable cause but yeah i I will i will stay quiet i will refrain from commenting (laughs) yes anyways it's great to have you guys here and it's also a miracle that the three of us are here so indeed you know like our latest guests they were asking me like where are your co-hosts where is matt where is larry you know we've been hearing about them but uh, we don't see him they're like cryptids so joshua ah, well, said well, well surprise yeah bigfoot is real look at him right there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, pennywise is real look at him now <laughs> look at, yeah look at that amazing huh Actually, if you guys don't know, we're both fruit of Daniel's imagination. Yeah. And yeah. he he just I'm just plays schizophrenic. Our voices and yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he makes he makes up all of our voices and then creates <laughs> our images in with uh artificial AI. intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not anymore. No. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore and never again. I have repented. Right, I'm, right. I'm no longer a bigot as I used to be. Good. He's a better good. person now. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I have repented. <laughs> anyway, 
today. Good. Good. Oh, man, I was missing this. Look just how idiotic we become. Oh, God, we are professionals yes. and we become three stupid children. <laughs> When we are together, the aura of uh, dementia <laughs> arises. <laughs> Again, it's a teacher, a vet, and a psychologist, and yet look at this. Yeah, uh, what could go wrong with that combination, huh? I wonder. <laughs> a vet, a psychologist, and a teacher walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> the rest you guys can figure out, right? Oh, the rest is history. Anyways, <laughs> so let's get started with this. This is already pretty much confusing already. And all right, you guys, Jurassic fans, if you guys still there after the intro, kudos to you. And we're doing chapter 33 today, a cruel reality. If you remember, we just left the desolate lands of Florida, and now we're going, well, somewhere else. So, Matthew, you are the official narrator, so whatever you feel like going for it, do it. All righty, <clears throat> let's go. Chapter 33, A Cruel Reality Our mission in the Everglades was over at last. We had not achieved any fame or honor to our name, but we had succeeded in preserving an endangered population, and it would now be in good hands. Of course, the same thing could have happened without the tragedy that accompanied it, but at that point, I'm afraid there was an inevitable result of searching for cryptids. We eventually found them, and like the wild animals that they are, they don't bow to humanity. Sitting in my seat at the window of a plane, I was now recapping what had recently happened to us. Every phrase, every expression, and every mystery. Everything needed to be recalled in minute detail so that I could put it down on paper as soon as Lucy gave permission. I had to hurry, though. This flight would not be long like others we have flown. It would just take us home, where we would be waiting for the next expedition. Home. My home was Lane's laboratory, and only now was it coming to my mind what had happened to me. Someone had stolen Dave Young's truck and driven it into the walls, destroying everything in its path. The thought alone made me blush in a mixture of anger and pain, both contained and never expressed, at least not in a place where crying might be upset to others. What was waiting for me in New Haven? What would be left of my room, while the ground several miles below our aircraft seemed to be covered with houses and industries? My future was covered with uncertainty and darkness. Certainly, I would have a house again, but would I have a home? Hold on, let me drink my Coke. Coca-Cola? Ah, yeah. Coca-Cola. We don't drink illegal things here. Yeah. Is it possible to drink Coke? I don't know. But it. But you can drink Coca-Cola. I mean, according to my granny, oh, you can... Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. You can take marijuana. Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wait, is it possible to drink Coke? Oh yeah, of course. Just have to dilute oh, it. Oh wait. 
Uh, I yeah, just La did. Oh. Larry told me that. Oh, I mean, uh, say what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, carrying on. Sitting next to me at the window, Lucy seemed to have no worries, neither past nor future. She was just living in the moment, smiling as she received some coconut popcorn. Her expression was nothing like that of someone who less than 48 hours before had solved a crime and faced a murder. What is coconut popcorn? So it is popcorn that has been covered with uh, condensed milk and coconut. And I uh, did some uh. research on like snacks that are served in this specific airline. And I thought, all right, Lucy would love that. Okay. <laughs> Man, you really did your research here. Heck yeah. Nice. <clears throat> nice. Behind me, King sat alone and maintained a posture of perfect peace with the fact. With his eyes closed, only his lips curved into a slightly uneasy smile like that of a cat, happy to be alone. In front of me, Frost sat with a gentleman somewhat younger than himself, 50 years old, I would say, with quite short hair and accelerated speech. The dialogue developed animatedly as Frost recklessly described our adventures, occasionally enlarging the part he had played in solving the case. For his part, the men listed admirable exploit of his own, and of course, they were admirable only to himself. Connecticut was near now, and it is always at these moments that the pain of memories and the end of the trip accumulate in a crushing weight over me. Exhausted from all the thinking, I fell asleep. When I woke up again, Lucy poked me in the ribs, first lightly and then harder. I'm awake, I muttered with a pause to complain of pain. Great. We're already at the Tweeds, and I ate all my popcorn. Let's find a good coffee shop at the airport. When I opened my eyes, I didn't see your fellow passengers ahead of us, but I could still hear their voices, along with those of passengers exceeding the plane. I straightened my spine and turned around to make sure that we were alone. Of course not. Jacob Keane raised his left eyebrow at my disappointed look. Without saying a word, I stood up and we both left our seats, King following us closely with light strides, as if we were about to jump on a prey. Getting off at New Haven felt like landing on a distant planet, on an uninhabited and unknown place. The feeling was that we had left decades ago and never returned, even though only four months had passed in these travels. Perhaps a city is familiar to those who identify it as their home. I could not possibly do so. When I finished that thought, I looked around me. I was still at the stair stop, blocking King's way. I wondered why he hadn't complained yet, but noticed that his eyes were still staring. A few meters ahead, heading towards the airport, Frost and his traveling companion were carrying on the same intense conversation as before, gesticulating and talking loudly. 
Then I heard a contemptuous grunt behind me and hurried down the steps before the next one was my fault. Do you know that man? I asked Keen when he caught up with me. Another Frederick's snobby friends, probably. The chances would be slim that the two would meet on the plane. Not on their flight. Frost booked it. Oh, really? It's good to see that you let him do it. He feels so useful. But King didn't answer, merely smiling cynically. I still couldn't understand the reason, but I wondered why he had acted this way. Before I could develop my train of thought, my arm was pulled tightly toward the airport. Lucy grabbed my sleeve, forcibly leading me to the nearest coffee shop. Shielded from the heat, Frost hid under the marquee, chatting with the stranger. Noticing our movement, the dean turned to the airport entrance where we were standing and called out to us. We're coming, Lucy! Behind us, Keen kept a slow pace, always following us. When we reached the cafeteria, Lucy and I sat at the head of the table, knowing that soon it would be full. As expected, before our order had even been taken, Keen was already at the door, looking disdainfully at the establishment. Right behind him, Frost arrived breathlessly, closely followed by the strangers. Kids, I would like you to meet Mr. Henry Bergeron, my traveling companion since the Everglades, said Frost, completely ignoring King's presence. So just a thing here, uh, Larry, uh, this guy, he's uh, from Canada, and uh, so there's a bit of a mixture on the next names, the following ones, between French and English, so what would be the pronunciation of this name? Um... You want it to be like American or because <laughs> if it's French pronunciation it's Henri Bertrand. Yeah, so I was going for that, but maybe oh. like with only the next characters, like the native ones, because Frost is just a guy from America, so he will not be able to pronounce yeah. that correctly. So that one, keep that. That was beautiful. <laughs> okay, so should I Re-read this with a French pronunciation of the no, name? No, 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 only when we do uh, his voice, because uh, he is actually from Canada. So Frost just mentioned okay. his name and he would not be able to pronounce that beautifully like Larry did. <laughs> Should I do Andre Bergeron? Fair enough. What? Should I do this, this guy's voice? Could be. Yeah, okay. So, so I... you can participate a little more today. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Thank you. Okay, I'll be doing his voice. So, Matt, if you will. And you shall be doing a French accent. I don't care. I don't have a French accent. <laughs> I have just That's your problem. <gasps> How very dare you, sir. I shall never make a lasagna for you again. <gasps> a beautiful chorus. I was called. Shit got wow. serious. Yeah, you see? Yeah, that's that was people low. reveal their true selves. Yeah, oh, that was okay. low, even for you, Daniel. Even and you killed a horse you. and a baby dinosaur. And, and a dog. dog. Wait, and a baby people. dinosaur? <laughs> what yeah. is wrong with you, man? Don't you remember that, you freaking jello? You were here. Oh, yeah, true. 
freaking How out. could you? <laughs> uh, it was go. so traumatizing. It was so traumatizing. Matt just erased it from that. Yeah, and my memory just decided, <laughs> you know what? You don't need this. I just Goodbye. brought it back for you. <laughs> I wish yes. I could do that. I wish I could do that. Now I memory. will need several years of therapy. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, I mean, we have a psychologist right here. You know? oh, yeah, yeah, true. Okay. Wait, wait, just another like five months, and I'll be able to help. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. You five didn't months. give yes. me enough time yeah, to learn yeah. French. You have no time to learn psychology. <laughs> yeah, you better graduate now. <laughs> okay, okay, done. <laughs> good, good. <clears throat> Materialize the certificate. Anyways. Yeah. Right I now. I wish I could. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I understand you. I know how it feels. Oh my! I'm laughing, but I feel like I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> I Aren't feel we all here. We have my virtual heart coming towards you. Thank you. <laughs> I grabbed it. it. <laughs> oh wait! I guess there's a ah yeah. One can do this. There you have it. Ah. <laughs> No, how do you do that? Go to reactions and click on the hold. Ah. <laughs> there you have it. Oh, that was adorable. Thank you. Well, I feel better now. Yeah. You go on, sir. <laughs> the figure in front of us was slim, vaguely dressed in a shirt with sleeves that reached beyond the wrists reinforced jeans and a heavy felt jacket that gave him twice the body diameter. His face had very fine features, with his lips and nose being practically lines drawn across his face, and his eyes a thin light that opened to the world. So I will try and do his voice like the guy. Okay. Like, on whom I spy this character. Nice to meet you. He said in an accelerated tone. Lucian and I merely nodded, which was more than Keen tried to do. Don't have a seat, he went on to say, now to his guest of honor. You were saying that you intend to go to Canada? That's right. I plan to go to the Yukon in the next few weeks. You know, Frost turned to us to generate more impact. Mr. Bergenbrun's reason for returning to his homeland might be very interesting to our team, isn't it? Indeed. The man replied in a split second. My family lives on the outskirts of a mine where we raise caribou. Something strange has been happening more recently. Something we only heard about in stores, but now it has come to us. Isn't this exciting? Frostex does wriggling in his chair like a child. Oh, yes. King sneered. A mystery, something you've never seen before. Please, Jacob, scolded Frederick. Have more respect for my guest. Please, continue. As I was saying. Continued the Canadian. This story has been repeated from generation to generation for decades, but what could have been concrete evidence such as carcasses and other remains are always considered the work of another animal. But this is of extreme importance for our catalogue, the dean said enthusiastically. Say, 
How would you like to be taken into our care and leave with us? A knock on the table shook the silver and crockety utensils. What the hell? Jacob King hissed, his hands still flat on the table. Uh, any problem, doctor? Frost challenged him. Have we reached the point where you make the decisions around here? Well, since I'm the one paying the fares, I figured it wouldn't hurt to have some say in the management of this team. Anthony was right. You have the rare ability to be pathetic and authoritarian at the same time. What are you talking about? Anthony Lane was loyal to me. Loyal? To the man who threatened to destroy his dream if he didn't bring back one more bone? I don't think so, my dear. Beside me, I felt Lucy's breathing become faster and noticed that her face was blushing. But she remained silent. Anthony had an old-fashioned vision, incapable of realizing that taking a simple technological object would be enough to solve our issues, said Frost. Unfortunately, when he allowed himself to be convinced, and believe me, Lucy, I am very sorry to say this, it was also his last chance. Well, feel free to give orders to whomever you want, but not to me. King concluded, getting up. Oh, and Lucy, as far as I know, your father left you in charge, not this pathetic excuse of human being. When you decide on our next step, you know where to find me. Lucy just nodded, giving the biomedical doctor the confirmation he needed to leave the place noisily. Please excuse me, the dean said to Bagarol. I'm afraid Jacob has some dissociative issues with higher authorities, but going back to the invitation, would you be so kind as to go with us? Could be another. He replied at the same pace. Lucy and I looked at each other quietly, trying to understand what had happened before us. It seemed too banal why Keen had become so angry, but for the moment, nothing else was apparent. For the first time, Lucy seemed to have an appetite when the strawberry mayo. What the fudge? Milfay. <laughs> When the strawberry milfe was served. Did I pronounce it correctly? Yeah, it's, it was perfect. Close enough, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something in that discussion had tormented her deeply, but it was neither the time nor the place to ask. Feeling somewhat guilty that I was eating my own, I let my fork fall on the table. I waited until a gap appeared in the elders' conversation and said, Uh, Mr. Frost, we would like to go to the campus before you reopen it. We want to see the place in private. Why, of course. I can understand your feelings. He replied, becoming another in a long list of people who repeated this phrase without even thinking about its implications. Baka Norwayan had said the same thing in the Yabungi archipelago. Frost was repeating it now, and all my life people used it to feign empathy for the fact that I didn't have a father. Ignoring the questions his statement raised, we simply walked away 
heading for the door King had passed through a minute before. Heading for the airport exit, we proceeded in silence to the boulevard, where we would try to catch a cab at rush hour. Brilliant idea, of course. Crowded as it was, the city was an anthill full of movement, full of selfish and ignorant minds, a perfect scale model of what the world as a whole looked like. Giving up the cab, we started walking to the university, which would at least guarantee isolation from attentive ears that might pick up our conversation. Thanks for getting me out of there, she said with a long sigh, as if a weight had left her heart. How do I pronounce that again? Milfe. The milfe was proof enough that you weren't well. Kevin, don't ruin the moment. Just accept the thanks. No, I don't... Well, you're right. But what happened, anyway? Him. What about the doctor? You've known him since you got here, haven't you? Yes, he was already the official assistant replacing Mr. Frost. So tell me, what was his personality like? Pathetic, cold, haughty. Violent? No, no, never. He always acted like a cat who looks down on everything and everyone, but is not capable of attacking fiercely. A cat who looks down on everything and everyone. It was perfect. Perfect, yeah. Okay. Um, it doesn't match what we saw today, does it? Not much, but... Frost has done enough to irritate him, I believe. Do you remember when he started to become violent? Um, more recently, I would say, in the Everglades, maybe? That's right. When we walked into the Bozeman's kitchen, his eyes were flashing with anger, the like of which had never been seen before. Well, you were the psychologist. Or what is the diagnosis? Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cause is pretty clear. His family. Jacob was always suppressed and always hated money. Exactly what his family valued most. When dealing with greed on a regular basis, it is easy to turn to beings incapable of developing it. Animals? Precisely. We both know how easy it is to come to love other species more than our own. That is why you become a paleo artist, for the love of nature, not people. I tried to force love by learning about how their minds work, and look what I got. I only discovered even more terrible things about humanity. Jacob is not so different from you and me. His kind let him down. So he became attached to other types of creatures. Unfortunately, Jacob learned to be violent to defend his love. Verbally, you mean? He has only expressed his thoughts so far. With fury, it's true, but only in words. Lucy sighed again, saying next. Someday, I will tell you everything. Before I could question her again, she hurried her pace, drawing my attention to the series of huge buildings in front of us. Look! 
We have arrived at the university. She exclaimed. The gates remained open. Even during the vacation period, Nathan Allard had been assigned with ensuring that nothing happened to the institution while Frost was away. The huge wooden and glass doors with gothic arcs framing the windows were also always unlocked and opened with a weak push from Lucy. Once inside the central building, the air became cool and the sounds of our footsteps echoed during the emptiness that occupied the place. Usually, the sheer amount of people would absorb the sound, but everyone that could be there was in the library now. Behind the building, we were in would be Lane's laboratory if it was still standing. A long corridor stretched out before of us, leading directly to the site I dreaded witnessing. The doors at the end of the hallway were the same as the one at the entrance, to the point of having the same pattern in the frames. A glass arch that allowed us to see across a huge expanse of grass and a concrete wall in the distance. My stomach churned as I realized that I had never seen the campus lawn through those arches. There was always something blocking the view. There was the lab. Now I was breathing deeply, preparing myself for what I had never thought would hit me. An emotional shock. Lucy must have noticed the paleness of my face because she held my hand and began to slowly guide me to the double door. To the left and right, corridors of rooms passed me by, as if running away from what was after the door. In my nose, a strong smell of the mahogany that lined every entrance, staircase or plinth of the building, even forming the doors of every wing. Being King's favorite, the universal presence of the wood reminded me of the power he had over the decisions made there. When we finally reached the exit doors, I felt my hands sweat as they touched the mahogany of the door. With a single move, I pushed it fully open, revealing all at once what had happened there. A few meters away from us lay the bare space of rock and metal the foundation of the laboratory, exposed by those who had removed its destroyed walls. In the garden, a mark of devastation left by tires cut across its entire width. Crushing petunias, coral clocks, and hydrangeas in its path, leaving behind only a trail of dead plant matter. On the rock surface, Shadows left by the laboratory partitions marked the spot where my room had existed. A small partition of 9 square meters in area. Walking over the rocks to that point, I remembered my bed, my paintings, my home, and I felt weak. Lucy caught me before I fell to the ground, crying. Between my own wails of pain, I heard her say, Let's go find Dave Young. And there you have it, right on time. <laughs> yeah, we rock, baby. It's beautiful. And now we have a new character whose fate you already know. But, uh, oh, that was <laughs> so awesome. Spoiler alert, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah, like everyone else, mostly. Yeah. Spoiler if it's Daniel's story. <laughs> oh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, come on. You're a fan of Lemonies Naked. Don't criticize me. <laughs> if, someone, if someone doesn't die on Daniel's histories, it's an important person. Yeah. yeah. Or will die soon enough. I mean, that's why Luce is there, right? Yeah. We have someone yeah. to survive in here. <laughs> yeah. Someone has to, um, right? If someone right? doesn't die, it means that it, that another book is coming. Yeah, it <laughs> is. I mean, yours is already written, right? Yeah. Nah, I'm just waiting for Larissa to do her the, the art, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on.